0: Are you looking for a way to deepen your prayer life and faith this Advent season? A Contemplative Las Posadas by Bill Snyder is a novena that offers reflections based on the traditional Mexican devotion that reenacts the journey of St. Joseph and the Blessed Virgin Mary from Nazareth to Bethlehem. The ecclesiastically approved devotional is available for purchase for only $4.99 on our website, patchworkheart.org, or emailing info at patchworkheart.org. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry today.
1: Welcome to the Sewing Hope podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Ann DeSantis. We're glad you're here For our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. And good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Sowing Hope podcast. I am Bill Snyder. It's great to be with you. And as always, I am joined by my friend, Anne DeSantis. How are you this morning, Anne? It's great to be with you as always.
2: I'm so good today. Good. Yeah, good. <laughs> thank you. It
1: is December. It's hard to believe we're saying December 2020. My gosh, uh, what a what a what a ride 2020 has been. But we are here, um, and it's great to be with you this morning. So, uh, and I know we have a wonderful guest with uh, with us today. Why don't you tell us a little bit about her?
2: Yes, I'm so honored, and she's a guest also on my online TV show Journeys in Faith. She was on recently on Fiat Ministry Network. And I'm going to read you her bio. She is as I said, a wonderful guest for us. Sarah Chris Meyer connects Catholics to Christ through scripture with her books and Bible studies, blog, teaching and speaking. Her latest book is Becoming Women of the Word: How to Answer God's Call with Purpose and Joy by Ave Maria Press. She is an adjunct faculty member at St. Charles Borromeo Seminary, Philadelphia, and is co-developer and founding editor of the Great Adventure Catholic Bible Study Program. She has been a guest on EWTN's The Journey Home and on Relevant Radio, Breadbox Media, Radio Maria, Iowa Catholic Radio, and Holy Spirit Radio. Follow her blog and contact Sarah at her website, comeintotheword.com. Thank you so much, Sarah, for all the great work you're doing. Welcome.
3: Thank you, Anne and Bill. I'm so glad to be
2: here with you today.
1: It's great to have you.
2: Yeah. So let's just start out if we could, we always love to hear the faith journey of the guests that we have, and you have had quite a journey, you are a convert, and you love the Bible, and the Bible is so important to all of us, and as Catholics, I mean, it's, it's such a, an incredible part of our faith that not always were Catholics so tuned into the Bible.
3: Yeah, no. I I grew up uh, in a, a wonderful large family, full of missionaries and pastors and Bible teachers and so on. Uh, we were also missionaries. I spent a couple of years as a child, and um, in in Hong Kong, actually. But our our lives really centered around the Bible, and that's how I learned to connect with the Lord. So it was always very important to me. And I became a Catholic through my husband, who had been raised Catholic, left the Catholic faith, came back to God through me. And then um, uh, w- after we were married, he suddenly started returning to all of his Catholic roots. And that started me on a journey toward, good, toward uh, becoming Catholic myself. So as far as scripture goes, it was quite a shock for me to become Catholic and find out that back then, that's like 30 years ago, people didn't read the Bible. And I was at a loss. I didn't know how to be in a a group of Christians for fellowship or for anything without focusing on the Bible. So that kind of set me along on the trajectory that I went on as far as teaching and writing and so on.
2: Yeah, you've had an incredible faith journey. I'm I'm holding your book right now and Thank you so much that I have this book from you, Becoming Women of the Word, How to Answer God's Call with Purpose and Joy. And I love what it says on the front from Dr. Edward Shree. It says, Chris Meyer makes the women of the Bible come alive for us today, and we find in their faith journeys important lessons for our own. And he's a Catholic theologian and author of Walking with Mary. So it's amazing how you have put the lessons of your past, right? The lessons that you learned growing up where Mm -hmm. you came from a Protestant home and learned your scripture so well, but wanted to take what you learned and bring it into the present with your Catholic faith. That's so beautiful.
3: Yeah, well, it started out as just being a a book about women of the Bible. And I love the Old Testament women in particular. And uh, as I was studying, I just, I kept thinking about how much Um, I had been influenced in my own life by uh, women and men, also by their own faith journeys. And so I brought some of those women into the stories that I told. So I would tell a story from my life and then tie it into one of these women of the Bible, just to show how the lessons that they can teach us are really applicable today. And I wanted to share that with Catholics in particular, because um, a, a lot of Catholics haven't really read the Bible. I know that's changing. It's getting, you know, many more Catholics are reading the Bible today. But um, any chance I can get, I like to share the things that I've learned and to just try to draw people into the Word where they can meet the Lord.
1: Beautiful, um, Sarah. I would, I would love to know. I mean, because you mentioned a little bit about, you know, uh, your your shock of. Catholics not reading the Bible, <laughs> and yeah. I, I would love to know: um, Was there what, what Mass was like for you? And listening to you know you know going to Mass, listening to the um, the the readings. Were there any you know connection between that and the liturgy? Like like how do they connect the uh, you know you know the Catholic liturgy? And like, do you see Scripture pop off the page in a different way uh, at at the Mass? Just curious.
3: Yeah, actually, um, that was the one of the things that I really, really loved when I first became Catholic. Actually, it, it hit me earlier before I became Catholic, I had started going to an Episcopal church that was very kind of high church Episcopal and obviously follows pretty much the same, the same liturgy. But the way that scripture is used in the liturgy is just so powerful. There's many, many connections back and forth. And if you're not really familiar with the Bible, you don't see them. But it's funny that you ask what the experience was like for me, because I can remember going to mass and hearing the scripture and just feeling like the Lord is talking to me. In the, in the middle of church, you know, through all these scripture passages. And I would be kind of sitting on the edge of my seat sometimes because it was so powerful. And everybody around me would be, just be kind of like yawning or paying attention to their kids or whatever. And then all about the time we, we move over into the liturgy of the Eucharist, and then they all of a sudden perk up because this is why they're at mass. And In contrast, I would start getting, like, oh, ho-hum, now the good part's over. (laughs) um, (laughs) Kind of a shame to say that right now, because, of course, that's the source and the summit of our faith, and that's that's why I go to Mass, Uh, and the experience has actually changed for me, um, because that is my focus, and now I'm more able to see how Scripture prepares you for that and leads you into that. But at the time, I didn't really get the Eucharist. I didn't really understand what it was all about. Um, so it was, uh, it was funny for me to see the contrast, but bringing that together has been one of my goals for myself, but also to help Catholics to learn how scripture can enrich their experience of the liturgy, their experience of the sacraments, just the, the practice of our faith in general, it's all a beautiful whole and you need all the different parts of it to really appreciate it.
2: I love your faith journey. And it was also a pleasure, as I said, to have you on journeys in faith. (laughs) And, and although this show is sowing hope and, and our tagline is sowing hope into broken hearts, but it's also about faith journeys. I wondered if there was a moment in your earlier life uh, before you became Catholic, where you had that sort of Jesus moment and realized that following in the footsteps of Christ and really being passionate about faith. Did you have one of those moments too, growing up?
3: Oh, I I did actually. Um, I probably had a bunch of them, but the one that really stands out, as you ask, is when I was, I think I was about 15, 16, something like that. I was in high school anyway. And I, I had a rough time in high school. Um, I, I wasn't really going, following a very good path. And I remember one night just kind of sitting in my bed and being really distraught because my whole life was falling apart. I mean, I look back and I think it wasn't really, but it seemed like it was then. And um, I knew that I had watched my parents and I knew the kind of faith that they had in God and the way he gave them such peace and joy and so on. And I didn't feel like I had that. And I, I was praying and I said to the Lord, you know, um, If you will help me, you know, I'll follow you or something. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I started that night. I agreed to read the Bible every night and I don't think I was doing that before. So I opened up my Bible and I started reading and um, I just recall that over, I did it every every night. And over time, what I started hearing was the Lord speaking into my life through the Scripture, and helping me with problems of, you know, the jealousies that you have when you're a teenager, or the the feelings of inferiority and lostness and loneliness, and um, all these different things that you that you go through. The Lord spoke to me, to my heart, and started turning things around, and He started helping me to change some of my behaviors that were not good, that I had been unable to change before. And it was all through reading and praying every night. I kept a little journal. I wrote down my prayer requests and answers and so on. Um, But I'd always believed in him, but he really became real to me at that point.
2: Oh, I love that so much. And, And you know, it gives hope to people who are listening, who maybe are in that spot that you were in, maybe not exactly. But they're feeling like, you know, 2020 was a rough year, could have been sickness, job loss, something else that caused them to feel like, you know, I'm on the wrong, wrong track. And yes. I need God in my life more than ever. So it's incredible to hear that.
3: Well, I think, too, I was lucky that um, I had the influence early. Um, I, what I One thing I noticed in trying to help Catholics read the Bible, especially adults, is that Um, and maybe it's just our time or our culture, but you want to understand everything. And if you just hit the Bible cold and you don't know much about it, it's really hard to understand. And what I remember as a teenager of reading is if there was something I didn't understand, I just kind of skipped over it. And I went on to what I did understand. And I allowed the Lord to speak to me through those things that I did understand. And he did. And, um, you know, they say we have to, the, the scripture says, we need to become like a child. And I think in that way, it's a very helpful thing when you're starting to read the Bible to allow the Lord to speak through what you do understand. Um, so that was that was helpful to me when I was younger. Wow, I love that so much.
2: So, obviously, you came to the Catholic Church and there was a journey and path that you followed. Uh, until you really became, decided, you know, this is the right thing. That might be a very long story, but we would love to hear, you know, some of the main points of like what really led you and what, how did the Holy Spirit guide you to say, this is the right path for me. I want to be Catholic. I want my family to be Catholic.
3: Yeah. The, the way he led me was, was not through that path actually, but I did not want to become Catholic And my husband uh, reverted to the Catholic Church after we were married and wanted to bring our kids along with him as we started to have children. And I did not like that idea one bit. I was very happy as a Protestant. And um, I've told this on the journey home and on your faith journey, so people can find that elsewhere. But um, I joined RCIA to prove uh, why we had to stay Protestant. And it kind of backfired a little, a little <laughs> bit. Um, but the main thing that brought me was um, kind of in despair, praying and praying and praying. At one point, the Lord spoke to me and said, Sarah, why are you here? And it was like a rhetorical question that you know, no, who who brought you here? He said. And I I knew at that instant that he had brought me to this horrible point in my life where I didn't want to be, and I couldn't believe that God would bring me there, and I was really upset about that. So I sort of railed at him for a bit, and then when I calmed down, he it was as though he put his hand out to me. Um, I write about this in Becoming Women of the Word. Actually, I seemed to see his hand pointed out to me, and he said, "Sarah, I'm going this way. Are you coming?" And I just I felt uh, a couple of things. One was that the Lord had a plan. and Maybe I didn't like it, but it was his plan. And if it was his plan, it was a good plan. <laughs> and I was brought up to obey the Lord and to, to go where he called you to go, even if it was to the jungles of Africa or something where I knew I didn't want to go <laughs> as a missionary. I mean, my whole family's missionaries. But he seemed to be calling me into the Catholic Church. And I thought, well, if the Lord wants me to go there, then it must be okay, because I didn't think it was okay. I didn't think it was Christian. Um, So I pretty much became Catholic out of obedience and following the Lord. And the subtitle of Becoming Women of the Word, my book, is how to answer God's call with purpose and joy. Mm -hmm. And to have that kind of trust that God god is in control and that when you follow his path even it seems to go through a dark place that that is the good the good way that it's going to end up in joy that was what i found in in following him and today i can't even imagine not being catholic it's been the most wonderful experience that has blessed me immensely
1: so beautiful what what a great journey you have and um what a wonderful way to you know bring it all together for people. I really encourage people to get a copy of the book. But I mean, what a great way for for especially women to uh, in, you know in, encounter God's word uh, and and know um, that that uh, there 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 can be you know similar paths you know through through scripture, right? Like you can follow the stories of these women through scripture and realize you know what God has a plan for me too. And that's just a beautiful. Um, what what a beautiful uh, what a beautiful journey you have and what a beautiful mission you have, uh, so so thank you so much for for your ministry and for your uh, witness. It's just it's just powerful it, and and I really appreciate how you are you know living your life now. And so and so thank you so much for for answering that call because uh, we we need so many more uh, people to answer that call like yourself. So thank you.
3: No, you're welcome, Bill. Thank you.
2: Yeah, and I, I thought I would read uh, uh, one of the authors that you are uh, friendly with who wrote a beautiful uh, paragraph here on the back of the book. It's from mm-hmm. Kelly Walcris. She says, becoming woman, women of the word shows us how, be- how beautiful gift of feminine, femininity tightly binds us together. We are all daughters of the king, sisters in Christ, and spiritual mothers with a powerful purpose in God's family plan. And she's the founder of WINE, which is Women in the New Evangelization. You have some wonderful recommendations on the back of the book from others, Ellen Vaughn and Catherine Meeks as well.
3: Yeah, Women in the New Evangelization has been a wonderful group that that Kelly started just to draw together women from all over the country and to build them up in their gifts and so on. And we actually wrote a a couple of books to um, help women in this. So we have two books. One is Walk in Her Sandals. And uh, it's, um, it's basically following women in the life of Jesus. So from Elizabeth and Mary and so on, looking at the at the life of Jesus through his, one is through his birth and one is through his uh, passion and death.
2: It says on your website, and I love your website, which is comeintotheword.com. You, one of your quotes here, you said, the Bible has always been for me a place to meet God, where I talk to him and he speaks his word into my life. And I think that's what, what we're learning on this podcast is that what you do isn't just uh, a factual, you know, theological thing that you've you put your heart into. This is something you've lived, something you believe in, something that every day of your life, you get up and you, and you walk with the Lord. And that's what makes it so real. And for me, uh, it's a real gift that you actually gave this book to me because you were a guest on Journeys in Faith, and I'm so grateful and love the book because you talk about some of the uh, different women of the Bible, such as Deborah, Hannah, Sarah, Rehab. What was that like for you, uh, writing that book and also enlightening people about the women of the Bible?
3: It was a really great experience. I mean, I've always loved these women. Um, I... Really, as I was growing up, I really loved the Old Testament. I think there are such incredible stories there. They're really written with a lot of detail and you can get into them. Um, So all of these women, with the exception of Judith, I was familiar with ahead of time. Judith is in the Catholic Bible, but not the Protestant Bible. So I did not know of her. Um, But when I went to write this book, um, I wanted to tell their stories in a way that people could really feel like these are real relatable women which they are and so i would sit with them one at a time and just for maybe i don't know several weeks just sit with them read their story think about them almost like that ignatian way of of reading scripture where you really put yourself in the scene and try to get to know them and i learned i i just felt like i got really close to them and like they are models in faith in so many ways and from the very beginning, when God started to make himself known to people, um, you know, Eve, Sarah, Leah, and Rachel, they didn't really have that. They didn't know about God. They didn't have other people to tell them about God. So God kind of helped them to get to know him. And by following their faith journey, we can find out how it is that we can trust God, who he is, that he is trustable, and, <laughs> um, even starting out with Eve, uh, the thing that really struck me this time that I had never really seen before was that uh, I think we always think about Eve as the one who blew it. You know, she she ruined the story for all of us. She's the reason we have all these problems. And yet when you read it, when she blew it, she got up again and kept going. And there's this wonderful lesson about how even when we fail, God does not us. You know, God is still there. And so she, after the fall, we see her going on and doing the things that God called her to do, you know, being fruitful and multiply, for example. Um, but she's, she's giving God the credit for giving her this new child. And I could, there's this promise that God makes to her and to Adam, where he says that, yes, there's going to be this Uh, warfare, basically, between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. So this battle between Eve and the devil is going to keep on going on, but that the seed of the woman would crush the head of the serpent. And so I'm thinking, okay, if I was told that promise and everything's falling apart in my life, my next kid, I'm going to be thinking, wow, is this the seed, (laughs) you know, who's going to crush the head (laughs) of this Satan who got me in trouble? And you read the story and like her first child kills her second child. So the first seed's a murderer and the second child gets killed. And yet she continues to go forward and has another. And she's like, I've gotten the child with the help of the Lord. And you see this hope moving forward in the story as um, even with these awful things that are happening, Still hoping, still trusting, still moving forward, and I thought that was just a really powerful example. Um, just starting off, the first woman out there, yeah, <laughs> you know, for how to how to trust in God.
1: I I think we often forget that, and the way you just painted that for all of the listeners is really beautiful. I think I think we often forget that, you know, uh, that yeah, Eve's the one that kind of screwed you screwed up the whole plan, but she also trusted God after after her fall and. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow what a powerful powerful uh reminder for each and every one of us uh that that you know it is never too late to say yes to god it's never too late to return to god and uh and, and you know even during these times um you know advent you know i think we often forget as a penitential season <laughs> where we should be mm-hmm. we have the purple mm-hmm. on and uh you know we you know, we see purple all over our church and um i think i think for us to to even at the beginning of Advent, you know, be prepared for that coming of the Lord. Is my is that next seed going to be the one that's going to crush the head of the serpent? Aren't, aren't we waiting for that right now? Aren't we waiting for for for, for Jesus it. to come? So, um, you know, can can we all say that? Can we all can we all live that this Advent and say, you know what? I'm going to return to the Lord. I'm going to you know repent of my sins and I'm going to wait for that next person to come into my life, which is Jesus, you know, to to that is going to crush these sins. He's going to do it. On uh, on on Christmas Day for you, if you if you you know repent and you bring bring those sufferings to the Lord, what a beautiful ah, that's just beautiful.
2: I agree, I agree. Thank you, and uh, you're really a pleasure because you you you're, you have the ability to bring it to life for us, mm. uh, the Bible, and because as you said at the beginning, you, you were a Protestant before, and when you have that wake up call that yes, it's true that some Catholics don't have that love of the, of the Bible and of reading the Bible and of studying the Bible that some Christians and Protestants do. So you're able to take those gifts that you learned early on and bring them into the Catholic faith and, and bring those gifts. So uh, that's really incredible. Now you're a Catholic author. You've been writing books for quite a while. I'm, I'm so excited about this new book here again, Becoming Women of the Word, How to Answer God's Call with Purpose and Joy. And if you go to comeintotheword.com, you can actually purchase the book. It's right there, right on the site. So that's amazing. But tell us, what is it like for you to be a Catholic author? Because uh, a lot of us have heard of the Catholic Bible timeline, and maybe you can start talk about that and also some of the other books that you've authored.
3: Okay. Uh, yeah, the, uh, the, the, the Great Adventure Bible Timeline, which comes from Ascension Press, is a, uh, something that Jeff Cavins created many, many years ago, actually before he reverted back to the Catholic Church. Um, but I began working with him on that quite a while ago, and it was so exciting to me to see a program that laid out the entire story of scripture in a way that's easy to grasp and easy to remember. So it, it lays it out chronologically, and then it, it just kind of selects um, 14 books that tell the story from beginning to end. So you start with those books, and then it shows how all the other books fit in. And it was just a, a brilliant way that he figured out to, um, to present the Bible to him, to people. So on the basis of that Bible timeline, we built a Bible study program that was founded on the idea that before you study scripture, you should get the big picture of it. Mm-hmm. So we just, we started writing Bible studies that were based on that, uh, that premise. And uh, the exciting thing to me was to see how learning that overall story of salvation and reading it in scripture, how that would wake people up in their faith. And we still, to this day, get, you know, hundreds and hundreds or probably thousands of letters from people, not just saying, you know, I got to understand the Bible, but my life changed. And it's not because of what I wrote or what he taught. You know, it's because it actually brings people into the word of God where they meet the Lord. And um, there Mm -hmm. is a there's a document from Vatican II called Dei Verbum, the word of God. And I remember reading that shortly after I became Catholic and being delighted to discover that um, maybe back then Catholics didn't read the Bible much, but they were told to. (laughs) And in this document, it says that in the sacred books of scripture, that the, the Heavenly Father comes down with great love and meets with his people and speaks with them. And to me, that's back to what you were talking about a minute ago, Anne, that's, that's my experience in reading the Bible. I feel like I'm sitting on a bench maybe, or a couch <laughs> with Jesus beside me. I mean, it's not always this, this strong of a feeling, but that's the overall feeling I get of him speaking to me through his word and that God has given us this place that we can meet him. So my whole goal, I mean, that's why my website is come into the word. I want to help to invite people into the word where they can meet the Lord and um, and hear from him and get to know him
1: that's that's amazing and you know i i i think you you know certainly bring up a great point about you know entering into the word and and, and recognizing that people can uh you know be transformed by by scripture because it's it really is the living word right like like, like this is not something that is dead i think oftentimes our society in particular will will talk about uh, you know, this is being a past tense. No, scripture is a present tense. Uh, you know, thing. Yes, yeah, some of these events happened. You know, may have. You know, the physical events may have happened four thousand years ago or two thousand years ago. Uh, but, but man, it's a living, living, breathing thing because it is the Word of God, and God is not dead. He's not. He's not a exactly. distant. He's not far, and so we have to understand as as Catholics we have to do a lot better job of it although we we're starting to uh through great resources like yourself and, and Jeff Cavins and, and 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 these wonderful scripture um you know studies but we have to understand overall that you know this is a personal encounter when we open up the scriptures it's a personal encounter between you and Jesus and you and the holy spirit and and so kudos to you thank you for just doing what you're doing because i think it's so important and you know it, the one of the questions that i have for you is just like there's a lot of people out there, you know, and and where to start, you know, where, where do I start? You know, do I just flip open the Bible and start reading because I think we can get lost in, in doing that. So, you know, if you had to maybe just give a couple pointers to people who are maybe are a little bit lost in in starting, uh, where, where would you start?
3: And I will also say that on my website um, under the blog tab, there are a bunch of different categories. And one of them has Um, all different posts on how to read the Bible and tips to get started and and so on. So you can kind of explore that and get some ideas. Um, I think the main main thing, um, perhaps if you think about it as getting to know a friend, say you meet somebody and you want to get to know them, how would you, what would you do? Number one is you would try to spend time with them. And the more you spend time with them, the better you're gonna get to know them. And to me, the biggest thing, like when I was a, a high schooler and I just started reading the Bible every night, if you have a regular time, even if it's 10 minutes, I would I would mm. recommend 20 minutes because 10 minutes isn't very long and it was also, you um, might be tempting to skip, but if you have a regular time to read the Bible, make it a habit because um Just like just like with getting to know a friend, you're not going to you're not going to do it all at once. You know, it it takes time. And if you don't make it a habit, you're not going to you're not going to do it. So that would be one thing to make it a habit. The other thing is that when you read to pray first, because you want to be able to hear it as a word of God spoken to you and you want his help and he wants to speak to you. He wrote the Bible so you could get to know him. So to pray first, put yourself in his presence and read Um, and to have patience. Um, Don't expect every single day to be lots of lightning bolts, just like I mean, even when I was getting to know my husband, you know, some of the days were really fantastic. And other times were just like. Walking together, hanging out, sometimes it was just nothing, (laughs) you know, the the, uh, the more. Even that kind of time, you get to know people and you can be reading something in the Bible that maybe doesn't have immediate application to your life, but maybe it's telling you something about God. Let him be in charge of what you read instead of you being in charge of deciding what you need to hear. uh, And then you'll be more open to hearing from him. Um, As far as where to start, um, You know, for Catholics, it's a a kind of a no-brainer, easy way to start is just to, you know, get a Magnificat or the word among us, or one of those that that will help you read along with the readings. Um, I do that every day is just read along with whatever the, I actually use the Magnificat. Um, It's morning prayer is awesome because it's always around a theme. So you can really see connections between all the different verses that are there. And that's a nice thing to pray over. It's usually a theme that is applicable to something in our life. Um, but also you could do the, the gospel for the, you know, the gospel for that Sunday or for that day. Um, but in, in addition to reading along with that, I think if you have a time when you're, say, reading through a gospel, just pick it up, start reading and keep going until you stop um just if it's maybe it's one sentence that catches your mind stay there if you've prayed first and then you read that little bit um listen to what he has to say when it when it grabs you and just turn it back into prayer to him say lord what did you want me to know by this or just say i didn't get anything today thank you for being with me (laughs) (laughs) or you know sometimes you'll be challenged in some of your behavior or whatever but just read it until it grabs you and then put your bookmark in and pick it up the next day where you left off um so a gospel is a good place to start read a psalm a day that's a good Mm -hmm. place to do it um read through the new Testament or read with the Bible timeline, you know, go through, get that whole scope of salvation history there. There's a 90 day reading plan that you can follow, read the whole story from beginning to end. Yeah. I have a journal actually it's called the Bible timeline guided journal, where it will take you through that whole story and it asks you questions. It points out what to be looking for. um, So that's a helpful thing too.
2: You've really done so much to help Catholics and and just people in general to grow in their faith. And I love some of these helpful suggestions, you know, they're for men and women. Now I know that your last book becoming women of the word uh, it, it it can be for either men or women, husbands, wives, grandmothers, grandfathers. Uh, I like the idea that it's focused though on women of the Bible. And you're talking about how our lives get so busy sometimes that making that time you know, as a wife and as a mother, for some of us, it's, it's a challenge to make time for those 20 minutes, as you said, to read the Bible, to focus on what, how God is speaking to us. So I just congratulate you on being able
3: to do that. It's an important thing. It is. I mean, and it is a challenge, but you know, I bet you eat every day. Um, We make (laughs) time for the things that we want to do. And maybe you don't have an hour to do Bible study or whatever, but um, just to spend those few minutes, I mean, there's that a whole, that sort of time management helpful illustration where if you have a bunch of rocks and a bunch of sand and a bunch of water and you pour the water in the cup first, <laughs> you know, you're not going to get everything else in, but if you put the rocks in first, then you put the sand and it will kind of creep in among the rocks and then you put the water in, you can get it all into your container. And I think you you have to put the most important things in your life first. So uh, I mean, it's a challenge. Maybe you're trying to go to daily mass. Well, maybe now with COVID, you can't go to daily mass. So maybe you can spend that time reading scripture or go to daily mass and get there 10 minutes ahead of time and just read a little bit. Do it before you go to bed. Um, wake up early. I, when I had kids, I used to wake up extra early. But I also needed encouragement. And that's why I would always, uh, back then, I would always join a Bible study because then, you know, I would feel embarrassed if I didn't read everything by the end of the week. <laughs> so it would get me reading every day. And you have sort of an accountability partners to help you along in your way. That's helpful.
2: Yeah. Amen. Amen. I agree. And uh, I another one of the uh, Paragraphs that you have on the back of your book is from, uh, Catherine Meeks. Uh, no. Yeah. And she says, Sarah, Chris Meyer beautifully and personally walks us through the lives of such incredible models as Ruth, Miriam, and Esther sharing with us, not only our rich heritage as modern Catholic women but also examples of true luminaries to help guide each of us on our unique paths to eternity. She's the executive director of Endow. So that was quite a good uh, thing for her to say about
3: the book. That was really, really kind of her. And those are she and Kelly Walkwist are both head of women's groups. I know you mentioned that the book is also for men. I know several men starting with my husband, but also some others who have read the book and have really enjoyed it. And I think that um, I did not specifically write with women in mind, even though it's about women. But I know I benefit greatly from reading about Abraham and Moses and David. And so... Mm -hmm. You know, Bill, maybe you should be reading about Sarah and Esther and (laughs) (laughs) Julie. That's right. That's right. You know,
1: I mean, I think it goes to the complementarity of, you know, who we are as people. Oh, yeah. And, you know, genders. And I think it's so important to be able to understand, right? I mean, like, we have to be able to understand one one another. And we have to know about, like, men need to know about uh, female spirituality. And women need to know about male spirituality. This is not something, you you know, we can't do it without each other. And, you know, we weren't men—I mean, isn't that like the first, like, three chapters of the Bible, right? You know, <laughs> I'm gonna put, you know, man to help, you know, woman here to help man. Like, this is, this is you know, essential for us. We need to know how we relate to God, and, and the story of salvation is not just dependent upon men. It's dependent upon women and men working together, striving for holiness. And, you know, you want your marriages to thrive, you want your children to thrive— You've got to work together and understand the spirituality of both. Otherwise, you're just gonna, um, you know, you're you're gonna have one side of this. Well, this is what men, yeah. You know, yes, there's men's groups. Yes, there's women's groups. And we have to have um, a a a time to be a band of brothers or a you know a a uh, you know group of sisters that that get together and uh, you know share commonalities. But we also have to be able to understand the those differences. And I think it's so important for um, for, for men and women to you know to understand each other's perspectives uh that that we can uh, you know learn how to grow and uh, then we also can learn how to help each other if we know how god is relating to that person uh or or, or relating in, in a certain way um you know I, I know we've often said uh or one of my friends says you know you know men are the you know you know the head and women are the heart yes you know in 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 some respects but but I think it's also really great to understand okay what how is how is God um, bringing bringing this into you know completion of his full salvific plan how is he bringing it into well, completion
3: I think it's really important because you know we have the Petrine church and we have the Marian church and when you are um, when you're talking about being a disciple so I want to be a disciple how do I be that well I have to both be like Mary where I am sitting, receiving the word of God, listening to it, receiving it, allowing it to dwell in me, allowing it to grow and take fruit in my life, whether I'm a male or a female. And I also then based on that, go out into the world and make disciples and so on. And so one is sort of shown more by the masculine principle and the other by the feminine, but they're both for all of us. And if we say being disciple is all about going out and making disciples, well if you're not a disciple first, you can't be that disciple. And who's the first and the model disciple for all of us is Mary. Yeah. You know, it's not Peter, it's Mary. Peter, Peter is also a disciple, but Mary has to come first, because until we have the life of God inside of us, until we've received it, we cannot share it and give it. So I think that uh, as I was writing this book, one of the things that really came clear to me was how, um, I guess, after I was done it, I thought, you know, I really would have liked to have written it from both perspectives, to have the men and the women, because God, they show different aspects of faith that are applicable to all of us, whether we are male or female. So. Amen.
2: And as you were speaking, I was even thinking about collaborative efforts that men and women do together, even this very podcast where we have not just men or women or older people or younger people, the Sewing Hope podcast has a demographic that's very varied. And I right. think that's because of the dynamic of bringing, you know, two worlds together. Uh, and I think that's been a great thing. And, and you see that too. Uh, oh, Sarah, you're holding up a couple books there, uh, as we're seeing you on Zoom. So, tell us more.
3: Well, I just uh, in the I know we don't have very much time yet left, but I wanted to talk a little bit also about the the power of praying with Scripture, and um, uh, you've probably heard about Lexio Divina, and people do it in various ways and things, but. Um, basically what it is, is praying with scripture. This It reminded me of it, just talking about Mary, because Mm -hmm. the way she heard the word of God, listened to it, allowed it to dwell in her. She pondered it and then it took flesh within her. That's the model for us with reading scripture and with allowing it to become a conversation between us and the Lord, allowing it to take root inside of us um, until it actually transforms us. And um, it's not actually that difficult. I think people sometimes make it harder than than uh, than it really is. But one of the things that <clears throat> it really depends on is the practice of meditating on the same thing over and over and over again for a long time. And I think as Americans today, we tend to just, you know, we read something and then, okay, been there, done that. You know, let's move on to the next thing. I understand what it means but we have to somehow plant it in our hearts. So the reason I held up my little books is that in order to help people to, excuse me, to go through that process of really reading and rereading something until it takes flesh within them and helps them. I wrote two little, um, they're guided journals to help people to pray with the Psalms. And one of them is called, Created Me a Clean Heart. 10 minutes a day in the penitential Psalms, and that came out of my desire to pray with the penitential Psalms during Lent, which I found very difficult to do, and I found that the more, like when I would dwell on, I took one Psalm a week, there's seven of them, one a week during Lent, and I just meditated on that same Psalm every day for a week. Suddenly, they started to really speak to me in a new way, and to do a deep work in my heart that prepared me for easter you know a way that i was really hoping for so the the book is set up so that just to help other people do the same and then i wrote another one called lord make haste to help me seven psalms to pray in times of need and that one takes you through again one one psalm a week i guess you could do it one a day if you wanted to speed up the process um but I spread the steps of Lexio Divina out over a week so that you're repeatedly reading the same Psalm. And these are my favorite go-to Psalms when I'm hurting. And uh, the Psalms have a beautiful way of gathering up our thoughts and meeting us where we are, but then lifting our eyes up toward God, lifting them up to heaven and reminding us of his power and his faithfulness and, and so on. And they raise you to joy. Um So I was just, they're they're journals, they're not books that have a lot of writing in them, but they they aim, they have a little reflection from me on each psalm, and then they take you through and help you to pray daily on the same psalm while you're allowing it to embed within your heart. So I wanted to mention those as well.
1: Absolutely. They're, you know, they're great resources and they're wonderful prayerful resources. Like, you know, uh, I... I like how you said, you know, the, you know, this is not a rushed process, you know, it, it's every day, you know, and and for one whole week, you're going to do this one psalm, and just allow it to wash over you, and that's a beautiful thing. I, as you said, in America, we kind of, you know, read it, and okay, we're done with it, yeah, I read that book, I'm done, I'm, you know, I'm moving on. Uh, what, what's the next greatest, latest, you know, thing out there for me to read? What's, but I really think that You know, that's a wonderful approach to kind of very countercultural approach to say, I'm going to sit with this. I'm going to let my uh, heart meditate upon this. And uh, you'll be amazed at how fast your faith multiplies, right? When you do that, when you do that, like it just multiplies and grows so much faster uh, because, you know, you're really spending time with that with that word.
3: Yeah, we've lost the. you know, it's not cool to memorize anymore. Rote learning is really looked down on and it's a shame. Um, I understand it. It, The idea being that we have quickly at our access, you know, not just books, but the internet where we can find anything. So why do I bother remembering it? Well, when you have the word planted in your heart and in your mind, it's there so that the Holy Spirit can give you a little nudge and remind you of it. Um, I want to... This makes me think of you, Bill, because I know you have a, a congenital heart uh, issue. I hope it's okay that I said that oh, sure. on the radio, but my youngest son was born with a congenital heart defect. And when I was just distraught in the hospital over the fact that this tiny baby was going to have to have surgery and you know we didn't know if he would live, uh, the Holy Spirit brought scripture to mind to help remind me of his love for my son and that he loved him more than we did and just gave me so much encouragement through scripture. So having it planted in your heart and your mind, you never know when the Lord can bring it to your mind uh, to help you.
2: I couldn't agree more. And I was giving you a thumbs up as you said it, because I think when you have something that's planted in your heart where it is memorized and as you get older, you reflect back and you can see how God worked in your life through that scripture. And I know that for me, it's happened before. So I thank you for bringing that up because it's, it's important to know that rote memory rote learning isn't always so bad, is it? (laughs) There are some benefits to it. Now, as we're ending this program, I want to thank you so much for joining us on sewing hope. And I definitely invite you to come back because you're an amazing guest and are doing such great things to help to bring people to faith and also to see the value in scripture, see the value and meditating on Holy Scripture. Do you have any final words before we end?
3: Um, I guess I'd like to leave you with Psalm 1, which is the, the picture on the front of my book, the picture of the tree in the desert. But Psalm 1 is a beautiful psalm that talks about how blessed the person is who meditates day and night on the word of God and that it gives you the kind of strength that a tree does whose roots are plunged deep into a source of water so that even when there's drought even when there are storms all the things in life that can come by and just try to knock you down you still stand tall you can still bear fruit and um i just encourage you to look to the word of god as a source of strength and hope and ongoing food and light and direction and all the other wonderful things that that scripture is
2: amazing. Amazing. Thank you. And so I want to also uh, mention to you, to all of you listening to please go to come and buy the book by becoming women of the word, how to answer God's call with purpose and joy. And also is
3: this available on Kindle? as well? Uh, It absolutely is. It's from Ave Maria Press and it's on, um, it's on Amazon. It's through my website. Um, I think Target and Kmart and things like that might Mm -hmm. have it also. But I wanted to mention, if you want to do it as a book club, I would be happy to zoom into your book club free of charge and just say hello and answer some questions uh, on one of the last uh, times of your book club. So just write to me on my website and I'll be happy to set that up.
2: Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. So, well, thank you so much again for being a guest here on Sewing Hope. And um, we, we definitely want to have you back again. And also, I'd like to mention to people to go to Fiat Ministry Network on Facebook or on YouTube and check out the episode with Sarah Chris Meyer on Journeys in Faith. That was also a wonderful episode and uh, I'm wondering if my co-host, there he is, Bill. <laughs> hey, how you doing?
1: <laughs> for some reason, my uh, Zoom turned uh, camera turned off, but that's all good. I'm still sitting here. And uh, no, th- so thank you both of you uh, for uh, being just just a great episode. And really encourage everybody to go to Sarah to Sarah's website uh, and check out everything. And uh, one final note, Sarah, as um, as you mentioned uh, that you know being. With the word, right? you know, letting it so way deep down in your heart. That's actually where I get the tagline for the ministry: sowing hope into broken hearts. Uh, like you know, this, that like the person scattering the seed uh, of uh, of uh, you know God scattering the seed. Some seed falls on good ground to sow it deep into our hearts. And so uh, that's I, that's always my play on words: S E W instead of S O W. Uh, but but yeah, just amazing. And Sarah, we'll certainly welcome you back. Thank you so much for being here. It's been such a pleasure. <laughs>
2: Well, amen, amen. God bless you.
1: Yeah, well, folks, uh, I want to encourage you that uh, to continue to listen to our ministry and follow it. Uh, if you haven't yet signed up for the Advent Pilgrimage, head over to parousiamedia.com because we've got some wonderful speakers, uh, including uh, Jeff Cavins, to uh, inspire you this Advent. And uh, don't forget, until next time, keep sowing hope into broken hearts and keep beating to your Catholic heart. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sewing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andysantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at Ministry or Andesantis 2
0: Are you looking for a way to deepen your prayer life and faith this Advent season? A Contemplative Las Posadas by Bill Snyder is an novena that offers reflections based on the traditional Mexican devotion that reenacts the journey of St. Joseph and the Blessed Virgin Mary from Nazareth to Bethlehem. The ecclesiastically approved devotional is available for purchase for only 4 dollars on our website, patchworkheart.org, or emailing info at patchworkheart.org. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry today.